everlasting shadow. Hallelujah. That's it. No. Shadow gone. All right. <laughs> We're going to get into the first fruits of wine. This is this is where uh, I just... Um, actually, I was planning on doing a throwback from last year when we did first fruits of wine. Because it was all about first fruits and wine. So I figured it was for such an occasion. It was good enough for last year, but y'all didn't think it was good enough for this year. So I wound up having to do something totally different. Yeah, so that's what we're gonna get in today, get into today. Uh, nevertheless, we're still gonna talk about the first fruits of wine and we're still gonna talk about the topic of the day, wine. Hallelujah. We're gonna talk about actually the first <laughs> actually the first miracle y'all done. It was concerning wine. Yeah. Let me have my um, first reader read Second John two, one through twelve, please. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Yahushua was there. And both Yahushua was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Yahushua saith unto him, They have no wine. Yahushua saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Yahushua saith unto them, Fill the water, part, the, the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw it now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants withdrew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doeth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Yahushua in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. After this he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. Hallelujah. Okay, so this is going to be our text for today. You know, um, and the reason being is because of verse 11. It says, this beginning of miracles did Yahshua, right? Now, I'll, I'll have you know that this word miracles isn't the usual word for miracles. It, it it's spe more specifically speaks to a sign. I think it's Simeon, um, actually. Uh, um, and it speaks to a sign rather than a miracle. You know, and this, because this is to be a sign unto us. And it was, it was uh, the first of actually eight signs. That was uh, that was brought forth in the book of Yochanan. So I just wanted to point that out. You know, even though it was a miraculous event that took place, it's meant to be a sign. You know, so let's jump into it and see what we can gather. Okay, so Second John two one it said. And the third day was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Yahushua was there. Alright, so, when we consider the third day, you know, because it's 
It could have been the first day. It could have been the second day. It just so happens to be the third day. And so the number three in Scripture speaks to spiritual completeness in the earth. It can also speak to resurrection. You know, well, we're going to go with spiritual completeness in the earth. You know, and then it's talking about day. So day it um, means light. You know, day equals light. You know, we see way, way back in Genesis, you know, when he said, let there be light, he called the light what? Day. day. You know, so um, day equals light, light equals day. You know, so right off. Uh, all right. Excuse me for a minute, having some technical difficulties. Right off the bat, we see we're talking about a time of spiritual completeness during the time of light, you know, and it says that the marriage was in Cana. Cana speaks to a reed. Cana literally means reed, and reed represents Egypt, you know. Um, we see this in 2 Kings 18, 21. It says, now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt or Mitzrayim, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, unto all that trust him. And also, uh, we have a second witness in Ezekiel 29 6. It says, and all the inhabitants of Egypt shall know that I am Yahuwah, because they have been a staff of reed to the house of Israel. You know, and so we see in spiritual symbolism that the reed is likened unto Egypt. Now, it says that it was also in Galilee. Galilee speaks to a stone circle, um, uh, which could bear reference to a calendar. Uh, it was mainly the land of Naphtali, you know, and Naphtali means wrestlings. Um, and then we have the mother of Yahushua mentioned. Now, her name is Mary, um, or Miriam in the Hebrew, and her name means rebellion, you know, and could possibly be a picture of the priesthood here, you know, uh, who was very rebellious indeed, you know. So we put all these things into the verse, into John 2, 1, and what, what it reads, it reads a little bit different. It's, um, and the spiritual completeness of earth during the time of light, there was a marriage in Egypt of Galilee, and rebellion was there. You know, so... We're a little bit different. And, you know, once you put everything together, it begins to make more sense. You know, so, Yochanan 2.2 said, And both Yahushua was called and his disciples to the marriage. So hereby we see a picture of Yahushua and his disciples 
being called to the marriage at Jerusalem, you know, um, with in Galilee or with the calendar, if you would, you know. And then we have verse three that says, "And when they wanted wine, the mother of Yahushua saith unto him, They have no wine." Okay, so this wine, wine speaks to blood, you know, and the blood covenant, you know, in particular, you know, which is, uh, you know, of our Messiah Yahshua. And if we just take a look at 1 Corinthians 11.25, he says that after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Now, the KJV says New Testament. I just like covenant better. Um, and, you know, the same word is translated covenant elsewhere. Um, also in Matthew Yahoo 26, 27, and 28, it likewise says, and he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And so we see um, that the blood of Yahshua is likened to a type of wine. Right? Anybody see that? You know? And um, and it's also represent, a representation or typifies his new covenant you know and so um, they wanted wine could they have wanted Yahshua's covenant when they had no wine say that verse 4 goes on to say Yahushua saith unto her woman what have I to do with thee now this word woman specifically means a wife Say lie. You know, says, What have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Now, take note that Yahushua speaks to timing, to the timing being wrong. You know, she's telling him, you know, hey, you know, pour out the wine. And he's like, My hour is not yet come. He was referring to his passion when he when he was to pour out his blood as wine for his new covenant as we just read but that time hadn't come he was just starting his, his ministry you know so that time truly hadn't come it wasn't his hour you know and then his mother says in verse 5 his mother saith unto the servants whatsoever he saith unto you do it now take note that rebellion doesn't care what time it is Rebellion wants what it wants rather than <laughs> rather right or wrong. You know, so she just insisted, like, you know, forget what you're talking about. Your hour and I here, we need some wine. You know. And so Yahshua being a good son that he is, he's gonna give him some wine. You know. Now Yokanah two six goes on to say, and there were set there six water pots of stone. After the manner of the purifying of the Yahudim, containing two or three firkins apiece. Alright, this is where it gets interesting. We have these water pots of stone. Now, these water pots of stone, they were pretty large water pots of stone. You know, um, as you can see, you know, each one uh, had held two to three firkins, which uh, 
represented like 108 to 162 gallons. You know, so minimum 108 gallons. So that's a pretty big pot of stone, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a lot of water that's in there. Now, you know, generally speaking, like they used to have these sitting out, and this is where the folks would go and wash their hands. You know, and they may have another one where they go and wash the pots and, and, and the things that they had to do in accordance to um, the oral law. You know, and so they would have these sitting out. Now, it speaks of two or three firkins. Now, two or three is the number of witness. Let every matter be established out of the mouth of two to three witnesses. You know, two or three uh, speaks to witness. The, and the firkin already says approximately nine gallons. Um, you know, so it speaks to about 108 uh, uh, to 162 gallons um, when, when I added out. So it couldn't be nine gallons. Maybe I left a, uh, a one or something off. I don't know. Uh, nevertheless, there were six of them. Six is the number of man. And it also speaks to the works of man. For, for Yah made man on the sixth day. And he commanded man to work six days, you know, and rest on the Sabbath, right? You know, and again, we have the two or three speaking to witnesses. And then the stone, you know, because there were water pots of stone. The stone represents Yahushua, you know, and so they were a depiction of him because he's the rock, you know. I mean, um... We have my next reader read Exodus 17, 6, 1 Corinthians 10, 4, and 1 Peter 2, 6 through 8, uh, showing that Yahshua actually is a stone. Who has the mic? Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of thee that the people may drink. And Moshe did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Messiah. Wherefore also it is contained in scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient. The stone which the builders dissolved, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see Yahshua truly is the rock. You know, um, he was that rock that the water... Uh, spewed out of and, and quenched the thirst of all of Israel. He is the rock of stumbling that Israel would later stumble over, even that rock of offense, you know, because they stumbled at his word. Now, take note that if we were to count each firk in his two measures, we have a total of 12 measures or 12 witnesses. You know, that is two for each of the water pots, which is just the way Yahshua sent them forth, two by two. Hence, the six water pots are a depiction of the twelve disciples 
or the 12 witnesses of Yahushua. You know, remember the criteria, you know, for when they were trying to replace Judas. You know, they were looking for someone who had witnessed all of Yahshua's ministry, who was there from the beginning. And that was one of the criteria that they chose because they were all his witnesses. Now, verse 7 of Yochanan 2 says, Yahushua saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Alright, now, this is actually a depiction of them being filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. You know, in Yochanan 7, 38 and 39, it says, Yahshua speaking, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Ruach, which they had, on which they that believe on him should receive. For Ruach Kadesh was not yet given because that Yahushua was not yet glorified. And so he knew like these empty water pots, you know, his disciples or would-be disciples would be need to be filled with water. So take note that Yahushua instructs the servants to fill the water pots of stone to teach them that in, in the time of Yahshua's greatest in, in that time in, in Yahshua's greatest service, his greatest servants will fill the would-be disciples of Yahshua with living water, i.e. Ruach HaKodesh. The reason I say the greatest servants is because, you know, there, there came a time when the disciples were speaking amongst themselves and, and they were, you know, debating on who's going to be the greatest. And Yahshua, you know, told them that the greatest will be the servant of all. Whoever is the greatest servant will be the greatest amongst them. For even the Son of Man had not come to be served, but to serve. And so this is speaking about those greater servants. How, did, how many of you know that all the servants of Elohim aren't created equal? You have some that's greater than others. You know, and a lot of times people think that, you know, they were all equal. They were all even. Everyone could do the same thing, but they could not. And to validate what I'm saying, consider Acts 8, um, verses 5 through 8. It says, then Philip. Philip was one of the original 12 disciples. Amen. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Mashiach unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, brother, and that were lame and were healed. And there was great joy in the city. So Philip was doing a great work down there, right? Over in Samaria. <clears throat> it continues on in verses 9 through 17 it says but there was a certain man called Simon which before time in the same city that is the city of Samaria used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria giving out that himself was some great one mm -hmm. you know so here it is we had a, you know, a soothsayer that was making himself out to be a great man of Elohim you know but through sorcery says, to whom they all gave heed. 
from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the great power of Elohim. So they thought he was the stuff. Until mm -hmm. Philip came. Mm -hmm. You know. And to him they had regard because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Mm -hmm. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of Elohim and the name of Yahushua Mashiach, they were baptized both men and women. Mm -hmm. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now, this is what we came here for. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of Elohim, they sent unto them Peter and Yochanan. They sent Peter and Yochanan. Why are they sending Peter and Yochanan? We're about to find out. It says, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive Ruach Kodesh. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Adonai Yahushua. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received Ruach Kodesh. You know, I pray that you can see they had to call for Peter and John, who was the greater servants in order for them to receive the Ruach HaKodesh because he wasn't coming upon them with the laying on of hands with Philip. So he had um, called for Peter and John. He needed some help. And so the greater of the servants went down there. Peter and John and James were known as the pillars of the faith. So they were the greatest um, of those that was at Jerusalem. Alright, Yochanan 2.8 It goes on to say He saith unto them, draw out now And bear unto the governor of the feast And they bear it you know, So now here it is They have these water pots That represents the, the disciples You know, and They had to fill them up with water Okay, and We already spoke that that was a depiction of You know, the would-be disciples Have to be filled with the Ruach Kadesh You know, and um, hence, we've we seen in Acts 8 that it wasn't good enough for them just to be baptized in Yahshua. They had to be filled with Ruach Kodesh, so much so that they had to call for someone to do it. Mm. Amen? You know, so, now, here it is, verse 8 is saying that he saith unto them, draw out and bear. So, now, again, this is draw out of these water pots. So it's still a depiction of the, um, the disciples of Yahshua. Now what does it mean to bear? To draw out means to draw out. There's nothing, nothing else there. It's just, that's just what it means. But to bear, you know, speaks to bearing particularly as a burden. Now this teaches us that the servants which typify the greatest of the ecclesia are called to draw out and bear the burden of taking the commands, words, and sayings of Yahushua to the governors of the feast. Again, this is what happened with the greatest of Yahushua's disciples. As an example, let us consider one of the greatest of Yahushua's disciples, even Apostle Paul. In Acts 27, 23 through um, 25, my next reader, please. For there stood by me this night the angel of Elohim, whose I am, and whom I serve. 
saying, Fear not, Shaul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, Elohim hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, Elohim, that it shall be even as it was told me. Hallelujah. So we see one of the greatest of Yahshua's apostles being told that he has to go before Caesar. This was the highest governor of the governors at that time. Caesar, he was the man. He was uh, the king of kings, as they called him back then, and lord of lords, actually. You know, there was a coin that depicted that. You know, now, it is this drawing out and bearing of the living water that causes the water to turn into wine. You know, Yochanan 15.5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. You know, so it is these ones that have these these water pots, these would-be disciples that's filled with the Ruach HaKodesh that draw out of those living waters and bear them as a burden that um, take them to the governors and to the people who drink the wine. It is it are it is those in which the wine is made, you know. And the wine is made, you know, by them being of Yahshua, who is the vine, and them being in Yahshua and bringing forth much fruit, you know. So by them being in Yahshua and bringing forth much fruit. Now, all you got to do is consider how wine is made. It's made from fruit. Hence, the Ruach Kadesh, or the living waters, produces spiritual fruit, which, when trampled, mixes with the living waters, thereby producing wine. You know, so the wine is a combination of that water, Yahshua's commandments, words, and sayings, mixed with the burden of taking them to others. And when you take them to the others, you're taking it to them with the fruit, with the love, the joy, the meekness, the goodness, the temperance, you know, long-suffering, you know. And they're in turn taking your spiritual fruit and they're trampling them underfoot. That sounds real fun, doesn't it? You know, so here it is. You're going around and you're telling people about Yah and you're doing it with the fruit of the Ruach and they're taking your fruit and throwing it on the ground and they're stumping on it. Hmm. Yes, they're stumping on your love. They're stumping on your meekness. Hmm. They're stumping on your long suffering. Right. Mm -hmm. They're stumping on your temperance. Mm -hmm. You trying to be good and they say, yes, they stumping on your goodness. Yeah. See, they stumping on all your good fruit. And when they stump on your fruit, the juices from the fruit spill out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it mixes with the water. Mm -hmm. The water, that is the living waters, the Ruach Kadesh that's in you. And that's how the wine is made. Right. You know, and then they have a good time drinking the wine after they done stumped all the juice out your fruit. Mm. You know, so I pray you can see that picture because that's 
That's what it speaks to. Um, verse 9 goes on to say, When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, that it was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. Now this speaks to the governor of the feast being in darkness, that is not knowing or being familiar with Yahshua's commands, words, and sayings. But he having a good time drinking the wine that came from him. He having a good time drinking the wine, you know, from all those who brought it forth, brought forth their fruit of the spirit just to be trampled on. So that this wine could be made. You know, first Yokanan 3 1, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should not be called the sons of Elohim, that we should be called the sons of Elohim, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. You know, and so the governors as well as the people of the world, they won't know what we're talking about. Right. You know, and that's a part of the reason why they're gonna take our good fruit hmm. and trample it underfoot. Okay. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be, you know, fun for them to do. Hmm. You know, they're gonna make light of it. You know, and then they're gonna drink the wine. Again, the source of this wine, which the world drinks, is actually the blood of the greatest servants of Yahushua. I.e. those who bear the burden of Yahushua. That is, they who carry Yahshua's living waters, that is, his living word to the beast and to the earth at large, only to have their spiritual fruits trampled under their foot. You know, we're going to be going around with all our love, joy, and peace, etc., Giving people the living waters because they're called living because they're moving. You know, y'all are gonna say, hey, go over there and share that with them. We're gonna go over there and share it with them and they're gonna trample it underfoot. And we're gonna just have to bear and grin it. You know, sometimes they're gonna trample us underfoot too. Yeah. You know, and that's how the wine is made. That's how the wine is made. Hence, Revelation 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. All right. Hello, living waters. Right. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Hello, wine. This fruit is from the harvest uh, reaped from within the kingdom of Elohim. You know, you're not going to start bearing this fruit until you're in the kingdom. Because as long as you're in the wilderness, don't nothing grow in the wilderness. So this, this harvest that's reaped is from within the kingdom of Elohim. And this is why it's called the good wine. Because there's nothing good except that which comes from Yah, right? You know, so this is the wine that's made from the good fruit. The good fruit comes from Yah, comes from his good spirit, you know, that manifests the fruit within us. Amen? Amen. Now, the which Yahushua's disciples hadn't entered into yet, seeing that this was only the beginning of Yahshua's ministry. Remember, he said it's not time, you know, and so this was a, this was a picture, a sign showing them what would happen you know so they would understand 
what was to come. And they would understand what they would need to do after he was gone. You know, now second Yochanan 2.10 says, And saith unto him, Every man at the beginning do a set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. You know, now that said, the wine they had been drinking up to this point symbolizes the water of Torah mixed with the wine of the prophets. Because when you think about the prophets, they did the very same thing. They took the word of Yah to the governors. They took the word of Yah to the people, and they got trampled underfoot for it. They took it in love. They took it in joy. They took it in peace. They took it in long-suffering, and they got trampled for it. And so the juice of their fruit mixed with their water and made wine. And that, that's a symbol of the wine that they was drinking that he thought was good in the, in the beginning. It was good, you know, but it's just that the wine that comes from Yahshua is better. Even better. You know, and so Yochanan 2, 11 and 12 goes on to say, this beginning of miracles or the beginning of signs did Yahushua in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. After this, he went to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. Capernaum mean, literally means city of Nahum. Nahum means comfort. So this seems to be saying that after sharing, sharing your wine, you'll receive some comfort. But not many days. But you do get a reprieve. And then guess what? You got to gather up some more fruit to go get trampled. Mm -hmm. Cox, that's all I have for you today. Pray it was a blessing. Hallelujah. All right. We'll take any questions.